guide, your concierge, your spiritual leader on this adventure, this journey that you're having into BDSM kink and fetish. Here on Everyday Kink, we will talk to creators, providers, insiders to give you the inside scoop on this lovely journey that we're having. You'll get some tips. You'll get some advice. You'll get some ideas. But above all else, you'll get some great conversation. So stay tuned. Welcome to another episode of Everyday Kink. And like I told you guys in the last episode, I was going to get you a guest. One guest to end the season off properly. Um, me and this lovely creative soul have been going back and forth trying to set something up. We finally are now making it happen. And we decided, hey, while we're here, we might as well get an interview with me. My guest for today is the very lovely, very creative very enchanting fetish fairy dom. Did I get it right? Yes, you did. Fuck right, my memory is good. We just smoked, so I'm glad my memory hasn't like conked out on me just yet. Um, all right, so give everybody a brief little introduction of who you are and what you do. I know I'm putting you on the spot. That's okay. All right, I like it. I signed up for this. Thanks. I love that energy. So... Um, I guess <clears throat> I am a dom that does processions. Um, that's really fun. And that led me down a lot of rabbit holes. Mm-hmm. So now I do porn. Um, I'm also working on developing games, which is really fun. <laughs> um... I like to play video games a lot, so I'm, I guess I'm a gamer. Um, I love history, so actually I'm an oral historian. <laughs> the jokes that could come from I that. <laughs> as soon as you said that, I had to stop eating pizza and look up like, ah, so many good ones that could be made. I know. It, it makes sense, though. Like It does. My life has to be comical or else it's, I'm not doing it right. So, yeah, of course, the porn star that specializes in oral is an oral historian, legit. I mean, it says teacher porn all over. <laughs> all over. Yes. So, how did you come up with your name? So, I've had a lot of names before. It was Alice Lorena. Then it was Killer Queen. Then it was the Fetish Fairy Godmother. And now it is the Fetish Fairy Dom. The Fetish Fairy Godmother? Mm-hmm. I can just see you in lingerie dressed up as one of the, fair, was it, Fairly Odd Parents. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I love that. Um, I love that. Honestly, you know, marketing-wise, um, it's the most direct and informed way to tell people what I do. Fetish. It's very simple and straight to the point. Yeah, and I like that because, honestly, why beat around the bush? Why not just be direct and ask people for what they want and give them that you know true 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 how did you find your way into the world of fetish kink and bdsm was it something you always had in you or did you stumble upon it was it like something that you use for therapy how did you get into the fetish world wow mm. that's a very long story but I'll try to keep it short. Um, I guess I was always, like, just open because I came from a family that was really open. <coughs> and um, so a lot of things that are from here that are, like, shocking to me are normal. Like, my mother once said, that semen was really good for your skin as we ate breakfast. 
and I was like, well, thank you for that information. I will, I will definitely make sure to use some on my skin. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> well, guys, I know that's one of the lines you use when you're trying to convince a young person to take it in the face. Now, you've heard it first. It is parent approved. <laughs> so when someone is like, I don't want to do a facial, you just go, hey, listen, listen. One of my favorite stars said that their mom said it's good for the skin. So I'm trying to help you out. Right. Feel free to utilize that. <laughs> More face it. painting. There you go. <laughs> um, and it does actually help really well on the skin. I, I took that to heart. Like, I will never forget that. Like, I want to stay young forever, you know, as long as I can. So if that's good for my skin, duh. And then I found out all the health benefits about sex. Then I was like, oh, my God, I need to do this. <laughs> like, I, I want to feel great. And, like, it cures depression. So, like, let's hang out. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. I guess I had a lot of... In my culture, we, we usually marry young. Very young. Mm-hmm. So, I was already being exposed to, like sexuality and like you know a few people that were older were like looking at me as a sexual object really young which in my culture also happens but um I realized that that wasn't a healthy thing and I stayed away from it myself and so I was able to protect myself through like navigating at like you know a nine-year-old having boobs yeah I I got my period really early so I, most kids get to be young. I was not allowed that. And that really kind of blows. But I was able to, like, have innocence in other ways. You know what I mean? I mean, really now, I feed my inner child all the time. <laughs> if, you, if you guys want an example, we are at the Moxie in Boston. She is laying on the bed. She has some Takis. I mean, not some Takis. Um, well, what's, what's, the, what's the proper name for Taquitos. From? Taquitos. And right next to her is like this nice little nice nice sized bag of Cracker Jacks. <laughs> Alright, if you don't know what Cracker Jacks are, then you shouldn't be listening to this podcast in the first place. Mm. So after I started having sex, I really liked it and wanted to be really good at it. I don't know why. Um and <clears throat> I started like attracting really handsome men or like boys, but I didn't want anyone to know that I was dating them because that was be that would be so embarrassing. <laughs> I don't know why I thought it was embarrassing <laughs> to be seen with boys. I mean, now I know. Like, I'm really like a lesbian that's selectively bi, <laughs> and so. Um, yeah, it's 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 wild to see it now at bigger picture. Like, oh, you really weren't really that into into guys. <laughs> There's so many signs. Um, and you know what's funny? A lot of pro doms end up being lesbians, which is really cool. I don't know what the hell is up with. That. I mean, I guess we're not afraid to tell men no. Well, I think that's um. <laughs> oh my God, you guys are gonna have some crazy conversations. I think that is the basis. Uh, any female that that turns into that goes pro dom, whether mm-hmm. it's dom, you know, dominatrix, there has to be a bisexual or lesbian kind of tinge to your personality. Yeah. You don't have to be full on lesbian or full on bisexual, but you gotta have that little tinge because your levels on the volume of fuck you mm-hmm. is a lot higher. There's someone who's not into females. It's genuine. Yes. It's a genuine <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Even if you weren't paying for the session, it'd be a fuck you. So it's very, mm-hmm. it's very authentic. Right. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so I, I was like a tom girl. A tomboy. I don't know how you say it. But a tomboy... And I hung out with all the guys, and they were so attractive, so attractive. And I'm over here, like, in big puffy sweaters, everything to cover up my body. And they didn't see me as a, as a what? 
Anyways. You became one of the bros. I did. And then they were like, you have boobs. And I'm like, I do. And they're like, you want to fuck? I was like, okay. <laughs> because think about it. Why would I say no? Oh, my goodness. If I if I like them and they like me. And if they were virgins and they wanted to not, no longer be a virgin. And I like that. I like teaching them how to do it. Because, like, I thought to myself... If I teach them the right way, then every single person that they have sex with will always get it the right way, the right time. And they will every owe you. Every time. They will owe you. Oh, no. They, they, every man should know how to do it. Every man. So, for some reason, I was just virgin chasing. I was a kid. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> And I went to Catholic school, too. My first video, I was in Catholic school. I don't know why. I just was like, at 16, I already knew I was going to be a porn star one day. I mean, Catholic school, any religious school usually breeds the that sexual energy. Mm-hmm. It does. Because they're so repressed. But my, my high school was really awesome, actually. It was great. <clears throat> but yeah, so I had my boyfriend at the time, who I was poly, so like, because my father was poly, he taught me all about poly when I was a girl. Like, growing up, I saw examples of it all over me, all over the place, like in my family, my friends, and everyone I knew. Because we come from like a really small town, and like, everybody just cheats on each other. Or they're fucking each other, I don't know. I never saw it as cheating because like, if everybody's doing it, is it really cheating? Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Can't argue that logic. <laughs> and I already knew everybody was doing stuff to, like, I was like, wow, you guys are worse than me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. My friends started asking me, too, like, oh, can you, like, help us with our first time? I became, like, I don't know, like that show Sex Ed where it's, like, teenagers and they're. You, you were the person they went to for. Yes. I've been doing this work forever. <laughs> so then my, for some reason, my mom added me to like every single after school program ever. And one of them was like, oh, do you want to be a sex educator? I was like, yes, I do. So I did. And I was educating people on sex that were my age, like because of the teen program I was in. I was like, this is so cool. And I would tell them all, I was like, Listen, if you want clear skin, if you have, like, really bad acne, just have a lot of sex. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> and then, I guess, from there, I um, had a friend whose older sister was not doing okay. But she came to stay with us in Boston. And... We got exposed to, like, she was older, to, like, people that were not, I don't know. I mean, we could have done other things. I guess, I guess it was more fun than anything we were doing. She decided to do some escort work, and I didn't want her to be alone. That's scary. So I would go with her, and, like, I'm an insomniac. I'm, I, I'm neurodivergent. I got a lot going on. I don't really sleep. I don't think I need to. They have that gene where, like, you don't need to have a lot of sleep. And I truly believe I have that because I run better off of three hours of sleep than I do, like, six when or seven. When you get a four, yeah. So, anyways, I would go with her and watch as, you know, she did her thing and she had a driver and then... um she was so cute too because she would make sure that we would do wholesome stuff in between so we would go to like bowling alleys and like go to fairs or movies gotta have a balance gotta have a balance yeah because like at the end of the day like yeah my stories are very like educational one of what happens when you fall through the cracks and when you just have people who fall through the cracks and that's just it. Like, you invent ways to, like, figure things out. So, for her, it was like, I know this sucks. I know this is not good. You shouldn't be here. But 
um, I don't know how to help you because if you don't come with me, you might be getting beat up by your dad, you know? And it's like impossible situations that nobody could ever fathom, you know what I mean? So you took the best that you could from like really fucked up situations. Yeah. I learned a lot because, I mean, I still think about the things that I learned in that time period on how like it can steal your soul, you know what I mean? And luckily, like, it's not just been her. I have had adults, like, elder people in the community that have been, like, in my life since I was little. So, <clears throat> to me, it's never been taboo. It's never been, like, shocking. Um, I come from a people who, like, all slept in longhouses, in hammocks. And people would have sex in the hammocks next to you and, like... Why would it be a big deal? You know what I mean? And the world is really not ready to get go there yet. But I've already been there for like 30 years now. Oh, when it comes to sex, we are far behind other countries that have more of a, a liberal stance and take on it. Mm-hmm. And so I've got to really live a little outlier kind of life. Um... And all my friends around me think it's crazy that I live this way because they can't even fathom living that way. But they're they have watched me for years now be this way and live really healthy and have a balanced like life and just provide happy not only for me but I have enough happy to share. You know. Mm. So yeah, that happened when I was that age. So I got to know what it was like to do sex work. I started dating a guy that was going to be a porn star. And then he also did bear stripping. And I learned a lot about stuff with him. He taught me how to market myself. um, How to find my angle. And then I was like, well, I'll just keep doing this. So I started doing modeling. And then I started doing marketing with an old buddy from high school and he taught me everything i was doing so many amazing things and i started doing um like promoting shows and booking tours i worked for the middle east here in boston i was doing a lot of like i I sold out almost every single show i booked and i stopped booking shows in 2019 so i mean that's a long time from 2013 since 2019 yes it's a good good stretch of run there. Yeah, that's crazy. I can't even believe it. So I just took the same models as that and put it into um, porn because um, here in Boston, there's a particular brand of like racism and it's really it's salty. Mm-hmm. And I had to deal with it in the community with the punk scene where I was doing the shows because... Here I am, a lesbian woman who doesn't want to sleep with any of the men. Like, a gay woman. Like, a queer person. Who is also Colombian. And walks around like she was raised in a matriarchy because she was. And that doesn't make sense to their head at all. And they don't know what to do with it. So the first second they could, they tried to sleep with me. And when I said no, a lot of people tried to, like assault me and because of that a lot of people had to hide things about like I don't know they made up a lot of lies that I stole this that I stole that and it none of it there wasn't any proof but again queer you know Colombian immigrant single parent like we're and and kinky kinky which is crazy because the punk scene wears kinky things but yet they're out here like telling us that we're perverts if we're kinky and I'm like what the hell how do you appropriate our stuff and then contradictory yep (laughs) like how dare you um so they doxxed me and they shared intimate pictures and videos and I I didn't know what to do so I was like well I could let this ruin my life but I don't really have shame about my body or anything else like that I'm very proud of all of this like what the hell like why do you think it's weird you're weird um and i decided to realize that there was a market and that now they are gonna definitely look at my stuff so i started doing like crazier and crazier things um because i mean they already ruined my life i already got no like i couldn't work anymore uh 
my family, like, tried to, you know, make sure I wasn't a mom anymore. Um, there was a lot of repercussion from friends and family who were like, so what are you, a prostitute? And I'm like, no, I just make porn and put it on Pornhub. Like, <laughs> I just post what I do in my regular sex life, which is kind of crazy because I, again, I'm polyamorous, have been that way. So I already have had been doing this, all of this for a very long time. Um, so I, I was dating like 30 people at one point. Like, couples, husbands, wives, like, single people, like, comic partners, like, all of it. I was dating, I had a, like, we were dating, like, five or six girls together. Me and one partner. At a time, it was, it was awesome. But that's a life that, again, normal people... Won't understand. No. They don't even, they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, are you starting a cult? I'm like, no. <laughs> a cult. I love it. I love it. Um, so yeah, I just started posting pictures on on FetLife. Um, I went through a really dark patch in my life where I had lost a partner who was my soulmate, and I couldn't get over it. And I was like, kind of in in a really like. Now it's probably one of the best things I ever did, but I was really depressed, and I was like, let's maybe just like not be here anymore. And I know that's a serious, serious topic, but in my mind, this is how we, like, we talk about it, past tense, like, it's, everything's good, because it is. It was, again, best thing that could have ever happened to me. I was like, all right, what, what one thing do I want to do before I die? Let's start a bucket list. So, like, when I'm done with these, then if I still want to do it, then, like, I can. And I have, have, have had a life to live more than I already had. So I was like, well, I've never done an orgy. So I was like, where do I find an orgy? So I went on FetLife. Somebody told me about FetLife. I went on there. I, I put an ad. And this man hit me up and he was like, listen, you're awesome. Let me be your friend. And I had no idea what that meant. Like, in, in, in his mind, he was like, wow, she's brand new. She's going to get eaten alive. Let yes. me make sure she's okay and safe. Again. Everywhere I turn, good people. I mean, fat life is like you're bringing the the meat to the wolves mm-hmm. on fat life. So it's good that someone actually stepped right. in to mm-hmm. help y'all because it can get treacherous. Right, and that's what we did after he did that with me. We just did it for a bunch of other people because I recognized that that was an issue. Girls get picked up by guys and abused. And they have no idea that it is abuse. And so they think it's kink. And we end up meeting them. And then they're like, this is how it's supposed to be? And we're like, oh, my God. Yes, you're supposed to be, like, aware of what you like. And you don't get forced into doing what they want unless it's something you also want. And they're like, really? I'm like, I swear to God, people, she did not listen to my podcast that I just released before we... I talk about this exact thing. thing. It's, I, call, I call it uh, posers and fakes in the culture. It's about people who say they're dumb because they're rough and aggressive, but not because they know exactly what they're doing and they ruin people's experiences. So now people think that kink and BDSM are this like harsh, rough, violent thing when in actuality, it's the furthest thing from it. Mm-hmm. That's just those sector people who don't respect the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. No, and it's really sad because I don't understand why men don't see on FetLife that they're making it so no women want to be on there. It's the same thing, and it happens with every platform. It's happened on Instagram, it's happened on Twitter, it's happened on Snap, it's happened on TikTok, where I'm not going to go ahead and say all guys, because there are some good good guys out there, mm-hmm. but everything has become almost like a meat market. Every time you find something new, like something, a new creative space or a safe space for you to like do stuff with, slowly but surely, cracks start seeping in and people get in. And then they take away from this outlet of yours. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It no. is just the nature of the beast. So, I started, you know, 
I my father was was very much like the role of a mother and my mother was the role of a father because there's no gender roles in my culture so to me um, a woman was a very different like perspective than most people and a man same thing right and um, I was raised in a community where we were just held accountable all the time like every single second it's it's part of our thought process it's part of our prayers it's part of our like understanding of life so like we don't do anything without intent and I don't know I really found a place in fat life because I called people out on their ill behavior because I don't like what they're doing and I feel like I have to do something because I am a dom and we are the ones that are the backbones of this community and if we don't say anything then we're perpetuating the ill stuff that's a part of the community you're doing exactly the the true definition of being a dominant is a dominant's purpose is to serve, protect, and guide their submissives. So by you stepping up and voicing and calling people out, and holding people accountable, you're pretty much doing and being who you inherently are. Mm-hmm. Which is a good thing. Yeah, but that life does not like it. <laughs> well, like every other platform that gets fucking... No, but I like that they don't like it because that's the whole point is like because I call people out always there's a whole bunch of people that have praise kinks that have humiliation kinks blackmail kinks exposure kinks and now here I am. So you just fell into this whole new genre of things that you can look at two birds with one stone Mm -hmm. that's what we call it two birds with one stone I didn't know I was doing that though at first now I know because they let me know. They were like, Do you, don't you see what you're doing to us? You're making us have fear boners. And I'm like, yes. You All should. I wanted ever was to give everyone fear boners. You should hashtag that. <laughs> fear boners. And like, you see how tall I am. And you see my personality. And I make men scared. <laughs> she is... The, the cutest, shortest thing. <laughs> but see, my mom is, is cute and short. Mm-hmm. But I know she punches hard as hell. So, you know, it's... You know, good thing, small packages is what, is what they say. We're fun size. Yes. So, yeah, um, just from being on FetLife, I started growing a following of people that were just... Because, again, I have an exposure um, kink where I like to expose myself. I know. Uh-huh. We, <laughs> as an example, so we get here, the, she goes, she's sweating, takes a shower, first thing, jumps up on the window and on the bed in a towel, flashes everything to everybody. We have an alarm go off, and I'm, first thing I'm thinking is, someone either is like, there's a naked lady in your building about to jump out a window. So I'm thinking, <laughs> this fire truck's pulling up. I'm like, oh my god, my first day here, and <laughs> this is exactly what's gonna happen. It wasn't us, and so, but very much so an exhibitionist in the purest sense. Are you kidding me? If they put, if I'm at anywhere, and I'm having sex, and they put a camera in front of me, holy fuck! I don't even know who gets in my body. It ain't me. Somebody else is in there doing a show. The performer comes out. <laughs> I love it. I fucking love it. And so, yeah, I was on Fat Life, you know, posting pictures of my actual sex life. Posting pictures of my actual, like, daily, like, attire. I'm, I'm not from here, so, like, I have a different type of style. And people like it. I don't know. I don't understand it. I think I'm freaking weird. They like it. 
we're all weird. Yeah. It's just it's just degrees of weirdness. <laughs> That's all it is. Degrees of weird. Listen, you come to my place in my bedroom, my bedroom now, which I painted, which a good friend of mine painted black, which I love to death. <laughs> so, I'm gonna tell you the weird thing. So I, I had this model come to me for a shoot. Mm-hmm. Very holistic, very spiritual. And she looks at me. She goes, "I brought something for your womb since you said it was black." And I was like, "What did you bring?" So she had found a dead bat, and she had cleaned it up, stuffed it, and now when you go into my room, mm-hmm. there's a petrified bat in a case <laughs> hanging on my wall, and people always go, that is some weird shit. I'm like, there's just different levels. It's not that weird. I boiled a raccoon head I found in my attic. For the bones? I boiled it for like 10 days because it was the oil was so thick. And now it's hanging up on a plaque with some flowers in my hallway. See, that's not, I don't think that's weird. I don't think so either. It's weird that they think it's weird. Yes. Like, ew. Imagine being that. That's so embarrassing. Well, you're, you're paying tribute that's to so an animal spirit. How can it be? Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, imagine they're not connected to the, to the earth. What's wrong with them? Well, it's the same people who, <laughs> who feel like sex is just one thing and not... A variety of different things on a variety of different mediums. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So my point here is, right? So what is a lesbian to do when they're telling you, hey, we want you to do this and I don't want to do it. And then they offer me money and I'm like, well, you know, (laughs) you're telling me I can kick you in the balls and you're going to pay me money. Well, no. All the things I love to do, and you're going to pay me. I was about to say, I would say, you know, probably would do it for free. (laughs) But you add money to it, it makes it that much better. Yeah. And then, you know, they told me I I had a talent for it. So I kept doing it. I kept, like, learning, experiencing a lot of of subs. That wanted me to be a good dom. They they messaged me and were like, "You're gonna be great. Let me use me to practice." So I did. Now all of this time, I'm having a lot of elder like kink people that are in my life telling me, "We don't want you on Fet Life. We don't want you in this industry. You are too kind. We are not about to let you go in it." Never and only, only in the kink world, do I feel the safest. Honestly, I feel very, very safe when I'm with like community spaces. Not online, online, they're crazy, but we all know that <laughs> FetLife is not actually like the community. Yes. And people think that FetLife is the community. It's like, no. That's how you know who's a part of the community and who's not a part right. of the community. But, you know, to you say where older people say we don't want you in this industry, I would offer a kind of argument that. We need more people like you in the industry. If you have an industry that's full of like dark people, mm-hmm. you can't change it if you don't let any light people come in and kind of change the attitude and the culture of the place. You need people who are good in heart to come in and remind everybody that this is something pure that you know doesn't have to be dirty and dark. Right. And I mean, sometimes it could be dirty and dark and nasty, you know, within reason. But it doesn't always have to be. So you need more nice, happy people. And I've realized that. I've realized Fet Life is sort of like Instagram. Yeah. It's, you know, it's the facade people put on until you, like, meet, meet them. Mm-hmm. And I just put it all out there. I mean, I have, like, writings that, like, people... I know, I just... It's a social website. I used it how, <laughs> how they offered. You see it for what it is and utilize I mean, it. My profile is robust. That's why it has attention. Is because I filled it out like how you're supposed to. <laughs> Sometimes people don't even write a bio. It's like how how do you think you're gonna get anywhere if you don't even properly like inform people or use the website how it's intended? Like, hello. But that's the marketing person in you. Mm-hmm. That's the which a lot of people who are in this sex work industry. A lot of them, and I've, I've, I've watched people on Twitter and on Instagram, they don't know how to properly 
market themselves. Mm-hmm. And they don't understand that everything that you post is a selling point if a person is going to buy your content or going to want to work with you. So when you post some fuck shit or some shit that just devalues your own platform, then people are not going to want to fuck with you because they don't want to associate with that because that could bounce back on their platform. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I I started growing like a fan base on Fat Life, which was awesome because I wanted to teach people a lot of things, and I do. I mean, oh my god, the controversy! Every sometimes I like really piss the internet off. I I didn't piss the internet off this day, but I made them sure like think about a lot of stuff that they may be doing wrong, because the, I said, guys. Why don't you wash your hands before you finger a woman? What is the matter with you? And they were like, what? You're supposed to wash your hands? And I'm like, uh, yeah, and you're supposed to make sure your dick doesn't have, like, anything on it. You should probably wash your dick, too. Like, if you have a dirty dick and you put it inside of a vagina, it's going to cause some fucking problems for her. Urinary tract infections. Yeah, or for them. They didn't even know they had to wash their hands. What? You would think that would be common sense. You wouldn't want anybody putting their dirty hands on your face. Right? Think about that. You don't want anybody to put their dirty hands on your face. What makes you think someone would want you to put their your dirty hands inside of them? It's... Right. And that made me realize that what my job needs to be now is more teaching. So... I have found a way to say things on there where people will engage in conversation because we need to have conversations. Like, okay, if you didn't know you had to wash your hands, please tell all your friends. Now, like, have that be programmed in your head. Like, oh, wash your hands. Wash your hands. It's not just because of COVID. It's because, you know, germs were here before COVID. Yes. (laughs) And they're, they're going to be here after COVID. They're going to be around forever. And the king scene is a place where we are all very careful about hygiene and making sure everything's okay with our toys and everything. So, I mean, we've been doing this whole, like, germ tracing through, like, sleeping and, like, people when they get STIs. Like, we've already been doing all this stuff with COVID for a very long time. <laughs> and I like it. I love... That's one of the big things that I love about the community is that there's protocols. <laughs> oh yeah. It's so nice. I mean how many guys how many times have you guys seen the porn industry like which is a billion dollar industry, by the way, a billion dollar industry, and they will shut everything down if there's an outbreak. Mm-hmm. No questions asked until they trace everything, they figure out who has what, mm-hmm. they do the proper testing, and once all that is done, then they'll start back up. But you know, they're willing to do it over a million, you know, a billion dollar company. They're willing to do that. Do you not? Do you know how hard it is to make a billion dollars? <laughs> do you know how much dick you have to suck, how much pussy you have to lick to make a billion dollars? And they're willing to stop all uh, that shit. Do you know who got a billion dollars that is a sex worker and a porn star? Who? Kim Kardashian. Oh, yeah, she is. Don't let anybody fool you. Her, Paris Hilton, all the same way. The only difference is their name is seen a little bit better. That's it. And you don't see anybody say anything bad about them. Right? I get I get crucified, but Kim Kardashian and Kim Kardashian gets glorified. Isn't that funny how things work? I had a person who told me I shouldn't take nude pictures, but will stare at new pictures in a museum like there's no real difference people museums make me mad because I just want to steal back my, my, my people's things and I can't go in there because I will be like uh, what's that movie National Treasure mm-hmm. no like Wakanda where he goes in there and he's like listen this is ours okay Yo, bye <laughs> so let me ask you this and I know this is one of the topics you want to talk about um now, a lot of people talk about when it comes to King of Fetish, they talk about the pleasure they feel from it and everything. But we're going to go a little different. 
tell me how important the pain aspect is to the lifestyle. Well, not everybody's into pain. Most people are not into pain. It is a unique bunch who love pain. And it's really wonderful. But people don't understand it at all whatsoever. Like how I said to you, let's have a a very sensual, romantic waterboarding scene. And you're like, yes. Most people would think, oh my god, that's crazy. But think about the scene. You have to let go of trust and just be in a space of dealing with the moment. And duh, trust has to be there. For something like that? Hell fucking yeah. But that's like past, past like, you can't have a safe word with that. No, it, you it, it really it, trust the person. So it's, it's like this argument I've been having with people lately who don't understand the true meaning of the transfer of power between a dom and a sub. And I, I'm always of the belief that you can be a sub without a dom. Because there's yes, many of aspects course. of life where you can just be submissive. Right. It is hard to be a dominant without a sub. Without a sub. Exactly. I say that too. Woo! I'm so happy you said that. People just miss it. I go, when a sub gives you permission, they give you safe words, they talk to you and they say, okay, I trust you enough that we're going to do these things. You may think they're giving you this power, but in actuality, you're giving them the power because that trust there, that trust is there, and it's a bond. It's a bond. You just can't give it to everybody. It's a bond there. And a lot of it doesn't even come from people knowing each other for a long period of time. There has to be a vibe and a connection. Like You have to like really tune in with someone to go, hey, I want to do a waterboarding scene. Really? Yeah. Okay. There has to be some type of connection there because you can't say that to everybody. No. You can't. And a lot of people don't realize that that's the power. You're giving me that power to do that with you. Without you giving me that power, right? it doesn't exist. It just does not exist. And a lot of people don't realize that. And who really has the power if that's how it is? Yeah. Where the sub is the one that makes the dom a dom. You know, but that's because there's a duality in everything. Everything goes bad and everything bad is good. And it will stay that way always. And there's, it's, things just are. Okay? Bad, good, they just are. You can't judge them. Because, like, for example, if a volcano erupts and people die, that's violence. Earth violence. That happens in the earth. The earth creates that. That would be awesome if we could save all those people, but... Circle of life. Yeah, it just happened. And now that eruption creates more land for people to live on. See, uh, so I'm a big anime fan. And so it's like Full Metal Alchemist. It's the law of equivalent and change. You see this in a bunch of movies where someone dies. And when someone dies, they normally always flash to a scene of like a baby being born. That it's it's a weighted balance that you have to have for everything. And if you don't have that, then your life is uneven, it's unbalanced, and you don't get to live it as fully as possible. Oh my God! Do you guys realize we've almost been doing this for like an hour? Oops. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is this is like the perfect example of like how you vibe with someone. It's just like an hour, just talking, and I've asked all of like. Two questions. Sorry. But we've got no, but that's 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 a you're a great interviewer. That means I didn't have to do that much work. I just asked one question and you took a chunk of time. Yeah. This is beautiful. Um but let me do because I don't want to go over an hour, so I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to guide us by asking two questions, two specific questions for you. Um one, how has being in the industry Changed your outlook on life? Well, oh, that's a big one. I don't, I don't, I don't softball it. I, I, you know. Okay, well, as history 
in my industry has always kind of repeated itself. Government, government officials, people in power come to us. And then they make the laws against us mm. and blame us for everything mm-hmm. while simultaneously protecting us mm-hmm. behind closed doors. But not really protecting, more like holding us hostage. Because they know, and we both know, we play this game of, like, cat and mouse, where it's like, you have to keep me happy or else I'll put you in jail. And that's it. No other options. (laughs) And so, there's knowing that the world is that corrupt, and then having to face the regular world and just like, okay, I'll pretend that this doesn't happen, and just keep going, and it's like, what what happens when you know everything that goes on in the country? Like, how do you go on? You, you live your life. That's what you do. Um, now, because of the industry, I do live my life. I do buy myself, like, this. I, I do feed my inner child. I walk through sprinkles because if I know that this is how it the system is played and it's just gonna keep playing because it's been history over and over again. We get we get told that we are the root of all evil and we're really not. We're the ones that are helping people like get through. Like right now, there's a recession coming, and you don't think sex workers who are the ones who have are gonna have money are not providing like mutual aid and support to like communities and people around them and their friends and their family because we know how bad it's oh getting and it's gonna be. And it's like we're us and blue collar workers like those construction workers all over the country we're keeping this freaking country afloat so i'm i'm glad you brought that up cuz i want to classify sex workers as essential workers yes and let me, let, me, let me tell you people why because during the pandemic one of the first things i saw a lot of people do when they couldn't go to work when all these jobs shut down all of a sudden, you saw an increase in people getting OnlyFans and Manny Vids and starting Pornhubs and all that stuff. You saw this big influx in the industry. Now, to balance that off, that influx was probably the first time those people ever had a brush with entrepreneurship and running their own and business and branding. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Just have a company like anyone else. And it's always funny that it's through sex where more people have found their financial freedom than through any of the vanilla, acceptable, supported means. Well, along with the, you, the... I'm answering the question still because it makes sense to what you're saying. Like, all right, now you know all the cheat codes, right? Now you know all these things. What do you do with that? What do you do with that power? Because we know things people don't know on a regular basis. Well, we educate, we share that information. Most of the stuff that is coming out that like people are, it's all sex worker run. We, we, we leak everything we can. We spread it. We make sure that everybody has it because like, what else are you supposed to do with that power? And you know what? Historically, historically, we've been doing this. We've been the people that have won wars, that have like been secret agents, that have like supported like lawmakers to support certain things like Planned Parenthood. You know what I mean? We're, we're the backbone. I mean, me even FetLife, somebody was complaining about how sex workers shouldn't be a part of FetLife. And one of the one of the people that work for FetLife answered in the comments that we've been there from the start. Well, shoot, of it's because of sex of workers that OnlyFans became as popular exactly. as it was. You know, let me tell you a funny fact. It's, oh, my God. And I always hear this fact. Come, I went to the Museum of Sex, and I, I that's where I first heard about this. And then everybody I know who does sex work always brings this up. So you know how you lovely ladies love to get your long eyelashes. Do you know why those things are existing? Sex workers, because the original name for those lovely long eyelashes were cum umbrellas to protect sex workers' eyes from face shots. Think about that next time you go and you get those lovely, you have the sex workers to thank Mm -hmm. for that lovely extension to your face. Sex work. My Angela? Sex worker. A lot of our... Oprah, 
sex worker. So many people. So many people in the industry. I mean, and think about it. They're selling their bodies when they go on film, doing the same thing we're doing, yeah. but with a fancy producer. Or music videos. Uh, the military, they sell their whole body. They even make them take whatever medications they say. They have them on the clock, even worse than we do as sex workers. So that's why a lot of times military and sex workers always like match up together. Because what other person is going to understand that you sold your soul? It all you know just I mean? varying degrees of the same thing. Yeah, it is. At the end of the day, that's all it is. Yeah, actors do the same thing. They are naked on film. Their kids are out there in the wa- in the world knowing that their parents are like doing these things. So um, what's the difference between me and somebody else that's in Hollywood doing the same thing? I mean, now they're doing sex scenes where they have oral. Really? People having oral. And I'm sitting there like, but we can't? Why? The Brown Bunny. I remember that movie caused so much issue because... I'm not going to lie. I've seen the scene. It looks like she was really sucking his dick. Sorry. That's what it looks like. But it was for this nice... It was an indie movie. And you don't hear too, too much about it. But it was a big controversy. But even like Halle Berry and Monsters Ball. With her graphic sex scene. With um, Billy Bob Thornton. Mm -hmm. The only difference between that and what sex workers do... Is that instead of quote unquote pretending to do it, they're legitly going at it. And, and health wise, the sex industry is a lot more healthier. It's just, we could go into like this whole thing, but we don't have enough time in the podcast. So I'm gonna ask you my last question, and you could take us home with this last question. Okay, pick one, because I know you could pick a bunch. One myth about sex workers that you are willing to die on the hill to fight against? Um, most of us, okay, this is a few things that people should know about us. Most of us are disabled. Uh, most of us are victims of a lot of types of abuse and we have a lot of complex post-traumatic stress and it's just really easy to be able to do this job when you have that kind of stuff happening to you so you find a lot of us that are disabled there's such a big therapy question in there there's such a big therapy question in that statement that you just made i know i know there is um what else uh, also, that we are some of the most brilliant women and men and others that you'll ever meet. True. Because to manage what we manage, no one else could do that. Except Elon Musk, Because everybody always sees the end product. But they don't know, like, scheduling, editing, shooting, testing, making sure everything's good. Booking, writing, promoting. They don't see all that stuff. They just see the actual scene. So, you know. Yeah, and a lot of us are doing it all on our own. Like, yeah. we don't have assistance, and we don't have agents. We literally, like, our, our own digital marketing management and the, the graphic designer and the street team, you know? And um, we're running all around the clock, having the best time ever while doing it, though, because, you know, when, you, when they kick you out of society, they think it's really sucky, but it's really not. It's mm. so fucking awesome. Like, why didn't I get kicked out of society sooner? That's why so many people want to live off the grid because there's a freedom that comes with living off the grid. Yeah, even in this way where they kicked me out, they don't want me to work for them, they don't want me to do this. Well, I worked internationally now, and so, like, I make money on a global level, so I'm no longer stuck, and I'm a, I can be digitally nomadic wherever I want. And, like... Would I give up my my current life for my old life? Hell no. Hell no. In three years, I'm going to be traveling for three months out of the year, in Colombia for three months out of the year, and living here in the States for six. You know, sex work, the closest thing to sex work 
here's a weird, I, I just thought about this as you were talking. The closest thing to the freedom you get in sex work is working Lyft or Uber. And which is freelancers. We're yeah. just freelancers. That's all. And you know, even with Lyft or Uber, there's still regulations. But with sex work, if you went, like, say if you went to, when you go to Columbia, mm-hmm. if you go, you know what? I feel like making some money. Let me film a quick video and I can make money to stay here for like an extra week. You could do that. No problem. And all it takes is some nice light, some decent lighting and the right angle for your phone. Boom. Uh-huh. And you're in there. There is no other job that I know of that right now, if you decide to, you can make money at this instant. And the only thing that you have to do is edit and upload. That's pretty much. No, but even but even YouTube, you have to you have to adhere to the YouTube, the corporate YouTube image. But you, the secret to making it in this industry, for all of you that's listening, be yourself, sell your actual life, because it's really actually an influencer. The whole everything, all the porn stars moved over to Twitch. They all want they all sell their personal life because they. They know that they don't want to see... People don't want to see the cookie-cutter, like, uniform people. They want to see, you know, um, Lena the Plug have a baby and, you know, post pictures of her baby online. They don't want to see, like... They want to see real people, girl next door. They want to know that they could have met you. (laughs) It's also that connectivity to go, hey, I'm not one of these... Slimmy, slim, little people. I'm a real person. And there's a girl out there, looks and is the same shape as you, who who has yet to find herself sexy and is now discovering her own sex appeal through watching you and what you do. You become a role model for people because they, you know, in a society, we're trained to think if you're not a certain look or a certain size or a certain shape, Mm -hmm. you're not sexy. And through sex work, We've been able to kind of, you know, take that back from the corporate world. Because let me tell you guys something. It doesn't matter what shape and size you are. Mm -mm. There is a market. There is a audience and a fan base for you. Trust and believe. If you go into the sex work portion of Twitter, you want to be a clown? You could be a clown. People want to suck the fart out of my asshole. Listen, I remember that reality star girl who was selling her um, farts in a jar. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Think about that. <laughs> in a jar. Like, logically, it makes no sense, but people were buying farts in a jar. Oh, my God. Well, we are hitting that mark. Thank you. You're welcome. For, you know, allowing us to take a break to do this wonderful interview. We definitely you know we're going to do this again. Mm-hmm. Now, we're both going to be hitting Exotica. Exotica in New Jersey, so we'll probably do another interview then and some more work. Yeah, because we haven't even gotten to talk about quantum physics. Oh, my God. Quantum <laughs> physics and the equivalent exchange of emotion and sexual energy. <laughs> but thank you once again for taking time out to do this interview. And we can't wait to do to do this again and hear from you again. Yeah, and we're going to have some fun with some work. Yes. Shh. Guys, Yeah, they have to find out. All right. Say goodbye to everybody. Goodbye. Bye, everybody. See you later, Space Cowboy. of Everyday Kink. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed providing it to you. Now, if you like what you heard, you want to support the content, you want to support the creator, I always have links in the description. And if you want to help the podcast out, follow, like, favorite, suggest it to other people, share it. You can also donate so I can bring you 
more of the quality, the fun, and the enjoyment that you love. See you later, Space Cowboy.